0: Welcome to Day by Day Podcast, brought to you by Michael Umebwani and Kevin Ramey. We thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been a long time coming, and we are so grateful to share in this experience with you. So sit back, listen up, and enjoy Day by Day Podcast, where we talk about real life experience with real people. Yeah. I don't have it all figured out. Taking it day by day I tell myself, get out the way I'ma let you handle it Somehow you've been working it out Even when I'm letting you down All I feel is love all around
1: welcome welcome to day by Day podcast Uh, my name is Michael I'm one of your hosts I have my bro here
0: what's up guys this is Kevin welcome to day by day episode 3
1: yeah 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 so you know I I don't know if you guys been listening to us uh, we've been talking about peace or this idea of peace Uh, this is actually episode number three we started this whole series just defining what peace meant to us uh, and using some biblical references as well. We've talked about the beauty of peace. We've talked about the fact that no matter what happens, that peace just keeps us going. It leads to perseverance. Then we talked about the fact that sometimes we go through things so we can actually grow and mature. Uh, But today, so it's been sweet. It's been nice talking about all the positives that comes along with having this peace that comes from god but today we're actually going to talk about what what i would define as not so positive at least in in this life that we're currently living we are going to talk about the fact that sometimes we'll have this peace from god and things don't actually turn out exactly the way we want it to talk t- turn out so i hope you guys are uh, actually <laughs> enjoyed this because i i've often i often feel like sometimes we'll you know we focus so much on things that are good which we should uh but what happens when things go bad uh so that's that's exactly what we be talking about today uh needless to say more so i can already put it out there like kev i mean i know you've thought about this uh what do we do right what what happens when we have this peace in god yeah uh, and god sent us to this journey or this experience And God, we know for a fact that God promised to be with us through it all. Yeah. But things are not looking exactly the way it should look. What do we do with that?
0: Man, it's tough. And, you know, I appreciate this podcast that we're starting because we're able to keep it real. And as a Christian, it's honestly tough sometimes because, as we all know, as human beings, things don't always work out. And, you know, there's numerous situations where I've prayed, um, I've had faith, and I truly believe, you know, I believe that God wants the situation to work out because he, you know, in the Bible, he tells us he wants nothing but good things for us. He wants us to have plans and our plans to prosper. And it's hard to kind of justify those promises when we're in real situations and they don't work out so i mean even the kind of the situations that i've been referencing episodes one and two trying to get into school and that was a process of about a year and a half two years of wanting to get into grad school and not getting in and having faith and praying and feeling like you know those prayers aren't being answered or if they are being answered what exactly are you saying god because i believe that this is the direction you're leading me in and i'm praying to you to get you know into this program and it's not working out so those are real conversations and similar to any relationship that is you know has any kind of substance that's exactly how it is with god and so even in my personal relationships, it's just like, there's disappointment, there's misunderstandings. And I think through those, I gain a deeper understanding for myself and then a deeper understanding for whoever I'm in a relationship with. And um got to keep on moving. <laughs> it's tough. I don't really have an answer. And I think that's, that's the beauty of this question, because, you know, it's not there's not a straightforward answer to it, I don't think
1: and 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 that's exactly i mean that's exactly why we're having this conversation because it's like you get to a spot where you don't fully understand anymore right and i was gonna ask you just here when you talk about those stories it took you what two years to kind of figure out two years of literally dangling right applications denial applications denial so what kept you going though? You know, because it's not really working out. Yeah. What, what kept you going? Why did you why did you persist? Yeah. Why keep trying? You could have just given up. You could have just said, Hey, God is no longer in this with me. Mm. He's even listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because often we find ourselves in those positions. And I was just wondering, what was going on through your mind and why did you keep trying?
0: Yeah. Man, I think I've learned different lessons in life, and I think um, one of the ways I'm realizing now as I'm older, one of the ways that God has really taught me, like the kind of lesson of perseverance is through sports. Um, So I played basketball all throughout high school and I had a really good coach and our team eventually became really good. But the process of us becoming really good, you know, we practiced really hard. And we went to a very small private school, I'm talking about 60 kids in our high school, um, in Bakersfield, California, and as a small, private school, as we got this new coach, we began to play huge public school programs, and they would beat us down. But we would learn okay this is where the mark is at this is where our talent has to get to and we would practice super hard and then eventually when we would get back to the private school system we started to beat all these teams Mm. but that process taught me persevere i mean we're getting beat by like 30 points um these guys are throwing alley-oops and fast break dunks and we're just we it's embarrassing Mm and then we go back and then we practice and we go back and we practice. That was like a two year process. So that was like entering my freshman year of high school. And then by sophomore year, that summer we became, we started to become really good. Our conditioning started to increase. Um, We went going to the the junior season of my junior high school year. And we're beating all these teams and we're starting to beat public school teams. And so, translating that to life man i mean that just gave me kind of a callousness in my kind of heart to not give up after the first or second or third or fourth disappointment and it really taught me to dig in and to just search deeper like okay i'm not getting into school what do i need to do differently and this at the same time like i'm referencing this same time period a lot of different things weren't working out And, you know, I was holding on so much to the idea of things working out and I was holding on to the promises of, you know, for, I know the plans I have for you. And I was, I was testing God I was saying, Hey, if this is to be true, Mm. it's not working out right now, but I still believe in this. I'm going to hold you to it and let's go, you know, and it was days of working minimum wage and and going to class and taking prerequisites and trying to bolster up my application and you know, digging it in. And another reference I'll say is I'm a huge fan of Kobe Bryant and a lot of people look at sports today and they see these superstars chasing championships and all of that. Growing up where I grew up, you know, I watched basically all the Lakers games since I was like 12 and a big time period that I was watching the Lakers was like between 2004 through 2008. And if you guys know anything about the Lakers, that time period was so bad. This is after we won like three championships in a row after Shaq left. Kobe's with the team with a bunch of just mid-level talent and we're losing, but Kobe is going so hard and his, you can see the aggression. You can see the hunger on his face. I love that so much, you know, just looking at that and say, hey, we're losing. We're losing. But we're not giving up. And I know he did request a trade, but he didn't get traded, but he stuck with it. And that stick-to-itiveness kind of, once again, that sports background just kind of poured into me to say, hey, when things aren't working out, I'm not just going to give up, but I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to hold God accountable to his promises if he's speaking this over my life if it's going to be true let's let's see how it's going to work out but i have to do my part and hold on so that's kind of what i would say about that
1: yeah bro i think you spoke about basically firm foundation right having this firm foundation no matter what uh whichever way it goes you're just gonna stick to your foundation uh honestly i was thinking about the same thing i i grew up playing soccer just you know since we're using this bus. analogy so i grew up playing soccer played all my life played in junior college it was actually for me the best sports ever that's that it was it was my way of recovery it was great for my mental health it was great for my physical health yeah Uh, Long story made short playing soccer dribbling the ball acl rupture bucket Mm -hmm. handle meniscus tear this these are just fancy medical terminology it just means that my knee was just basically messed up, needing surgery. So going into surgery, the only thing I could think of is not even being able to get around, walk and do all of the daily activities that I was used to doing without even thinking about it. I wanted to get back on the soccer field. I just didn't want to recover. I want to be 110% so I can go back playing the sports that I love so much. Uh, Needless to say that that was my plan, right? But I didn't know any other plan though. So, you know, did rehab six months, uh, actually went back to playing soccer or something changed. And it wasn't because I was afraid. No, I wasn't afraid. Yeah, I may not have the same explosiveness that I had before, but I was still able to get around. I was still able to play to a level that is actually better than most of the people people that I was actually playing against. But something changed during my rehab. Mm -hmm. I started noticing that I was enjoying, actually, the rehab exercises, the rehab movement, and a couple of other things that I was learning during the whole rehab process. So, So here I am, a year after, fully recovered, and do what I used to do before. But now I have another option that I didn't even see in my pain. Right? Mm. When I was hutting, when I was humble, you know, hobbling all around. Dude, at some point, man, the pain was so bad (laughs) that I couldn't even lift my leg. My whole right limb was numb, right? But I'm like, you know what? If I keep doing the same thing, keep the process going, I should be able to recover fully. But after recovering fully, though, I'm like, do I really want to continue playing this game that I've played all my life? I probably started playing when I was seven years old. I'm starting to notice that I actually enjoy other things like the rehab that I did. So I'm like, yo, let me just explore this option of doing exercises. Mm. Here we are, a couple of years after. I don't play soccer anymore. It's not because I can play soccer. I can, but I chose something else. So it's kind of like this idea that sometimes things don't turn out exactly the way we want it to turn out. Are we ever able to pivot, right? Are we able to pivot and stick to something else that is different, new, and we may not even know fully how how we will enjoy it? You mm-hmm. know, it's this idea of exploring and also being comfortable without having the entire answers, right? You know, it's kind of like because I think, especially in the world that we live in right now, if you need something that you don't know, let's say for an example, you wanna ask. How do I improve my ankle mobility? All you have to do is go to Google, type that in, you get an answer right away. So we are constantly on this in this in this atmosphere, this world whereby everything is like fast food. You can get exactly what you're looking for immediately. If you wanted to watch a video on how to perform, you can Google that. you get that instant answer. I wonder if that's actually affecting the way we process things, right? Are we comfortable not knowing what the outcome will be? Right? Mm. Or does the outcome defeat whatever piece that we had going into the process? Is everything dependent on outcome? What do you think, Ev?
0: No, I totally agree. And I think that especially today, the level at which technology is at, we have become accustomed to having everything at our fingertips. And there's no real waiting period, whether that's for like instant mobile banking, whether that's for like transferring money, whether that's for buying plane tickets or um, applying for a new job or whatever, checking the weather, listening to the news. Like you can do that all within seconds. And I think we've been conditioned to just expect things to happen on our time and not on God's time. And that is a tough lesson to learn. Just understanding God's timing is nine times out of 10 is gonna be totally different than our timing. And our timelines are not often gonna match up. But how do we trust the process throughout that experience? How do we stay true to Our principles and and stay true to you know the foundation that we're talking about that we're kind of owning for ourselves our, our personal character just our faith that we believe in how do we not let that fluctuate while emotions and attitudes and experiences those are all fluctuating and those are all moving targets so that's I mean that's the beauty of I mean, just this experience, I mean, learning to trust the process, learning to to embrace the, the totality of the experience. There's so much beauty in it looking back, but when you're in it, it's tough. Um, but I always tell people, if I look back on my experience, like the same one we're talking about in terms of school, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change mm. not getting into school immediately. I wouldn't change working minimum wage while I'm taking these pre write classes um, because it it gave me just a, a character and a reference point that I would otherwise not have. And to me, that is invaluable. And I think God was giving me a lot of different character points along the way that I would need now to succeed in these new positions I'm in. That otherwise I might be lacking in if I had not struggled to get there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Kevin, I I actually want to touch on something that you just said. Uh this idea that you were going through all of the struggles and you actually wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. That actually struck me because I'm like, why wouldn't you change a thing since you're going through all of the struggles? The outcome that you were looking for, they weren't manifesting. You know, so I I was thinking in my head, what is it that that kept you going and made you feel like, oh, I don't want to change anything. So that's question number one. Question number two is this. Did you know at the moment when you were going through those struggles, right? Do you know, did you have any idea of what the end goal will be? Do you know that you feel exactly how you feel right now during those struggles?
0: Yeah, no, to answer your second question, no, I had no idea at all. And, um, that is the experience because looking back, you know, there was many sleepless nights. There were many, there were tears. There was real pain. And, um, so I had no idea that I wouldn't feel this way now. And the first question I would say is just the, I don't know, just the the innate drive that was grown within me from God himself. And that's through all these other experiences that got me to that point. Um, we talked about sports, we talked about, you know, different sources of inspiration. Um, Kobe was a big one for me. Um, and that those all all of those sources and just my faith kind of pushed me toward just perseverance. But it's I look at it almost like having a, a a pair of nice jeans or, or just a, a pair of, of clothing that's been passed down through generations and the jeans, there might be a stain on the jeans or, or there might be, it might not look brand new, but the kind of wear and tear and the kind of age that has gone into these things kind of give it a certain character that you can't just buy. You can't buy like a pair of vintage jeans or a vintage like leather jacket that just looks like, wow, this has gone through some, some things. Mm. And, um, the, the challenge for me now is having this reference point and applying that to current situations. So knowing the beauty of the ups and downs and knowing the beauty of Challenges and knowing the beauty of going through trials and coming out stronger and then, you know, being in current situations. And how do I apply that to this now while I'm still uncomfortable? And I'm this is a brand new experience. So, you know, starting a new relationship, being recently married or, or starting a new specialty at work and being extremely uncomfortable, feeling like, you know, you're incompetent or you know, you're asking all these questions and you don't know everything. And it's just like, wow, like being thrust into these new situations in which, um, you're having to lean on faith. You're having to lean on, um, the fact that you don't have it all figured out and you're having to trust so much in God. Um, just kind of appreciating that for what it is and knowing that, Hey, otherwise, if I was super comfortable in these circumstances i might not be trusting on god or leaning on my faith as much as i am now so that's the challenge right now
1: yeah man that that's powerful <laughs> i think that's the same challenge that i do have and i think everyone else listening to this podcast probably are struggling with the same thing but uh moving forward though i feel like now we've actually talked about not knowing what the outcome is or not even envisioning what it could be and looking back and realizing well everything actually worked out but what happens when it doesn't really work out right is there what do we do when the whatever it is that god sent us to do ends up destroying us (laughs) you know i know you and i we haven't had that experience uh But we do know uh, we we can actually we don't we we can you know switch switch down to the scripture in a little while here. But let's just talk about some of the people that we actually know or have read about that God actually sent them to complete a task, give them the peace that they needed, give them perseverance, give them every single tool that they needed to accomplish whatever it is that God was sending them to do. Case an case an example would be Martin Luther King, right? He went through all of those things, but he's not here. He wasn't there to enjoy what he fought for. Mm. I was going to ask, what do you think about that, right? It's like he was sent on a mission that took his own life. How do we view that? Is God still good? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he lost his life obeying his calling. Yeah. So, how do we, how do we, Deal with this idea that God is our peace, you know, and and we hold on to the promises of God, but now we are not even alive to enjoy some of the things that He promised us.
0: Yeah, nah, man. I mean that that's that's where the rubber meets the road, man. That's when it gets super real because it, we know we all know figures in history that you know, struggled and they did not live to see the fruits of their labor. And, you know, the civil rights movement talked about Dr. Martin Luther King. You can talk about Rosa Parks. You can talk about Malcolm X. You can talk about whoever, you know, helped bring progress to the civil rights of African-Americans in America, which then translated to civil rights across the world. But to me man it just comes back to having this innate and just a strong belief system that hey this is this is a mission i have in my heart this is a change that i want to see in the world or i want to see in my life or i want to see with my own family and i'm gonna do as much as i can to help push that along and when we go, when we look to the Word of God, and I know we, we kind of have a couple of um, biblical examples we're going to bring up, but we see examples of it not working out all the time. And God doesn't promise us that things are going to work out on this earth all the time, 100% of the time. And that's often a tough pill to swallow. But we know that, hey, this, this world is not perfect. And that's the sad reality this is a a sin-filled world you know to keep like put it in real terms like this world is just messed up you know when i i work in a children's hospital and it's like why are certain kids born with genetic conditions in which they might not live past the age of five Mm. and why are kids in you know the pediatric icu from the time that they're born until the time that they die and what did these parents do to deserve that those are questions that i don't have an answer to and you look at situations like that and it's like people can ask you know how can god allow this but when we look to the word he tells us that it's not always going to work out and in this world filled of sin there are going to be circumstances that we can't explain mm. and holding on to a faith does not guarantee that it's going to work out. And those are tough situations to and tough scenarios um, to kind of think about, but on smaller levels, I think we can all kind of relate because until you get to a relationship that works out, most often you've gone through a couple relationships that didn't work out. And so on a smaller level, that's an example of hey you know this might not work out but what did you take from that and what kind of what kind of um knowledge are you going to take from that because I like to say that there's no experience that is lost so there's not nothing is a waste of truly a waste of time if you can kind of take something from that experience and ultimately that may be what god is asking us to do on this earth because as i think you're going to touch on we have examples of people who stay true to the faith and remain faithful and it not working out at all
1: yeah bro like <laughs> i mean we have a whole lot of them but i i wanted to touch on you know, I think we'll have about maybe 10 or even more characters, but I wanted to focus a little bit on two of them. And one being John the Baptist, because he was actually one of those, He, as he was getting killed or when he was in the process of getting killed, he knew what the outcome may be, you know, or where he was gonna end up. I'm not 100% sure that he knew he was gonna die, but when he was suffering though, God was actually here, right? And it's interesting the message that he sent to God. Hey, are you the one that we are waiting for? Or is there another to come? Right? So I almost feel like John the Baptist paints this picture of what we might be going through, you know, if we are in that same process, right? He's like, Are you are you the one that we've been talking about? Are you the one that we are waiting for? Are you the one that is supposed to deliver us? So I'm wondering if we find ourselves in in situations like that are we asking those same questions or are we just saying hey god is good all the time right and i'm not saying that we can't say god is good all the time but what about if we're not feeling like god is being good to us at that particular moment in time right it, kev is it okay if we voice our frustrations uh just like john the baptist did
0: 100 percent, man i mean Yesterday, not yesterday, but the last episode that we talked about. Um, when you look at the life of David and do you read his story in like first and second Samuel and first and second Kings, and then you read the Psalms and then you see him praising God, but then you see him questioning God and, and, and asking why something's happening, you can kind of see that there is room for us to ask these questions. And it really, to me, it speaks to the, the depth of one's relationship with God. And, you know, referencing it to relationships we have here, I've often heard that a relationship is not real unless you have an argument. And that's when you know, hey, this is where the this is where we stand in the relationship. And so in relating to God, if we don't argue with God, is the relationship real? Are we are we allowing space in the relationship for us to express ourselves and then God to then answer us and that to begin a conversation? or are we just existing on a superficial level to where we're blindly accepting whatever comes our way and we're not really engaging God in a dynamic way. And truth be told, I think that's what he wants to get out of these experiences that he allows us to experience on this earth. I think that God is wanting to I think God is a very personable God, and Mm. we are made in the image of God. And we know that as human beings, we're very relational people. We're very relational beings. And it's whether you're, you know, you have friends or a partner or you have a pet or even a plant. You know, it's very hard to get through life without relating to a living thing and within those relationships there's gonna be ups and downs there's it's gonna be dynamic and god is no different and that is what my experiences have shown me it's just that throughout the ups and downs throughout the disappointments and the excitements of life i've gained a, a deeper relationship with god that otherwise i wouldn't have mm. and Otherwise, it's going to look very much different than than Michael's. It's going to look very much different than anybody else's because this is my experience with God. And I think that is the beauty in these up and downs and choosing to engage with God in conversation and in prayer, choosing to keep it 100%. Because if God knows our thoughts, what, so, what do we have to gain from keeping up? you know, from, from, from voicing that to God, if he already knows our thoughts.
1: Mm, no. mm, mm. That's the word, bro. Like, I love biblical references, man, because they just keep it real. Yeah. This, this guy's wearing, not joking around. They weren't pretending like everything is good when it's not. Um, just like you mentioned, David is a great one. John the Baptist. We can look to the Old Testament and see, he, we find him doing the same thing. Then we also find Steven, right? This man was stoned to death. Stoned to death. I mean, I I don't know if there is, I mean, I don't know which one is worse, right? Getting your head chopped off or getting stoned. I would think getting stoned is even worse because you're feeling every single contact with the rock. You're feeling the beating, everything that came along with it. It's interesting, though, because, you know, and this is also in Acts of Arts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 7, you can read from, just read the whole chapter. You get the story of Stephen and how he was persecuted and stoned to, to death. It's interesting, though, that while he was getting stoned, he actually sees God. Hmm. And I was wondering, Kev, why do you think that while Stephen was getting stoned, he saw a vision revealing who God is, the fullness of God the Father, and God the Son, and the Spirit of God as well. Mm. How do we think God did that for Stephen?
0: Mm. Man, that's deep. And I think that was for Stephen, for one, for Stephen to know that even in this suffering, God is is here with you. Mm. And even in the suffering, he has not left your side. And because you are suffering, does not mean that God has abandoned you. And I think that that was also done for us. Yes, sir. So we can know that in our suffering, God is right there with us. And if we are to suffer, that does not mean that God has left us or we are suffering alone. And that's the beauty in that for me, man.
1: And and you know, you guys are probably wondering, well, hey, well, well may, maybe these guys are just making this up, and you know, just, just having fun <laughs> with rationalizing whatever it is that they've read from the scripture. Ah, uh, so with that being said, we're actually gonna take a look at the scripture and see if if this if what Kevin just mentioned is actually what was going on here. And we're gonna read up uh, real quick in Revelation. This is Revelation chapter fourteen, and this is verse verse thirteen, and it says. Then I heard a voice from heaven. Write this: mm. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, the sp- says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Mm. Kev, <laughs> this is this is so powerful. Mm. It's so powerful because now we are. So it doesn't stop here. Yeah. Right. Martin Luther King, it didn't stop here for him. And we know this, right? Because we can say, well, these Bible stories, we don't believe it. We know this. We know that the deeds of Martin Luther King is following him him here on earth. And that's the one we can actually visualize. That's the one we can experience. We don't know what happens outside of here. God knows, right? But dude, even here on earth, bro, the deeds of some of these people is currently still following them yeah. so you know and and you know i often have people that don't believe in anything they're like well that's just science that's exactly what it is this is very factual mm. <laughs> you, you know what i mean it's like the way we behave the way we live our lives currently right now will follow us the relationship that we formed when we leave that cycle, when we leave that relationship, when we travel somewhere else, our jobs, our good deeds Mm. will follow us even when we are not around anymore. What do you think about that, Kev? (laughs) Because that's exactly what you just mentioned, right? When you were explaining what Stephen was experiencing, but I just wanted to, to bring it back home just to tell people we are not coming up with this, right? This is not our word. We are just speaking the word of God, right? What do you think about the fact that it doesn't only follow us to where we are going, but it follows us here when we are not
0: here. 100%, and it's often generational. And so the things that you know our parents laid down for us and the generations that came before them, those are the benefits and often too, those are the consequences that we're experiencing and the things that we do now They will follow us on this earth and spiritually we know that they will also follow us after life as well and so it's been a beautiful experience thinking about this and talking about faith talking about storms talking about the meaning that we can find in these storms and talking about what it can mean when things don't work out and so we look forward to growing with you guys, Yes, sir. the rest of this series and talking about how we can hold on to our faith, regardless of what happens on this earth.
1: Yeah. 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 It's a rap.
0: I don't have it all figured out. I've been taking it day by day. I tell myself, get out the way. I'ma let you handle it Somehow you've been working it out